Lori Nichols with us from the Wonky Journal Sentinel. Mother's Day coming up this weekend. I hope that's not news to anyone because if it is, then, <laughs> uh, this weekend. Uh, right. Oh, I guarantee it is to some. It I'm is. Sure. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Talking earlier in the show about the paranoia game. That's generally high school kids, and they're out there shooting each other with squirt guns or Nerf guns or whatever. But an old standby did is ever, the Ding Dong Ditch. Did you ever do the Ding Dong Absolutely. Ditch? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Just on strangers' houses? or. Yeah. But, like, in the neighborhood, like, we didn't travel to somebody else's neighborhood. Probably most of them knew who we were. Man, were you the guy that ordered Domino's to other people's houses, no. too? I don't think so. <laughs> Let me. That one I think I did at least once. That's mean. Ordered pizza delivery at somebody yeah, else's house. that's mean. Nice. Anyway, so the ding-dong ditch thing. Here's, here's a, a, a hint, though, and a suggestion from me, from me to you. If anyone ever ding-dong ditches your house... Okay. Don't respond by taking the child. <laughs> what? In Waukesha. No, local? Yes. What? The Freeman has this story. 62-year-old man arrested for putting a teenage boy in his car after becoming upset over a group of kids playing Ding Dong Ditch. So he was frustrated with these kids. They were running around ding-donging people. So he took the teenager. They didn't know each other. Put him in his vehicle. He was like 12 or 13 years old. And they drove, they drove off. They were later found in a woodman's parking lot where the boy was reunited with his friends and parents, that according to Waukesha PD. Oof. What happened to the guy who did it? Well, he was he arrested. Arrested, okay. Yeah. All right. So the investigation revealed four boys, 12 and 13, ding-dong ditching people in a subdivision. Guy got upset about it, threatened the kids, placed one of them in his car. Placed Placed, placed in his and car. And he was going to take him to the police station or to his parents. He ended up at this Woodman's, reunited there. He was arrested, police recommending disorderly uh, conduct charges. I love the statement from uh, Captain Bauman. Big big fan of Captain Bauman. He's, he's a good one. Kind of tells it like it is, doesn't he? As innocent as this story may be, he says, childhood pranks can get out of hand and escalate rapidly. Equally, if not more important, adults, please take a second and think the desirability of what you are about to do. <laughs> before, I should take this kid. Before you grab no. said kid and put in vehicle, think, take a beat. I'll, gi- I'll give things. him this. 13's a bit old to be playing Ding Dong Ditch. I, that's again, true. You're we right. don't live in the 1980s anymore. You're right. I know. Different world we live in now. But this you can't was snatch kids. Incident. No, he can't do that. And take him to the police station. Or the Woodman's. Or wherever. <laughs> or the Woodman's. Things yeah. want to end up. Mm. 614 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. It has been an up and down start for Brewers rookie Joey Weimer at the plate. He has shown more flashes with his glove than his bat, but... That script was flipped on Monday night back in Milwaukee against the Dodgers. The pitch. Swing and a drive to left and deep. Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Joey Weimer! That was contact there. Tried to shoot the inside corner on Joey Weimer. And he hit a three-run bullet out of here. Bob Euchre on the call there as Weimer belted in his third career homer. And after losing six in a row, the Brewers are now winners of two straight after taking care of the Dodgers Monday night at American Family Field. This one by a final score of 9-3. to three. Winning feels good. Losing really sucks. So just it's nice to 
you know, get back on the horse. We were scuffing a little bit, putting that in the rearview mirror and just going out and playing the game every day. Freddie Peralta got the start for the crew, and he was once again, as he has been all season, magnificent going six strong innings, allowing only one earned run on his way to his fourth win of the season, helping the Brewers secure win number 20. They are currently 20-15 in in the standings. Milwaukee is right back at it tonight against L.A. Coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 6.05. Eric Lauer expected to be on the mound for the Brew Crew tonight. Over to the NBA, where the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers both take a commanding three games to one lead in their respective series. The Heat take care of the Knicks 109-101 to in Miami, and the Lakers use a strong second half to take down the Warriors in L.A., 104 to 101. Round two of the playoffs continues tonight with Philly and Boston tipping off at 6:30. That series is tied at two games apiece, followed by Phoenix and Denver at 9 p.m. That series also tied at two games apiece. Coming up, we're sending you back to the future. What we're learning from Back to the Future 2 to educate us on the abortion debate playing out in Wisconsin court. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you I'm, I'm gonna bring you on a a winding path to okay. my point here. Still waiting this morning on a ruling out of Dane County Circuit Court, the case that was argued before the court last week. It's the lawsuit seeking to define what is the law on abortion right now in Wisconsin, and how is Wisconsin's debate on abortion in the courts related to Back to the Future, specifically Back to the Future Two? We're sending you back to the future. I like a good analogy. You don't even necessarily have to have seen the film. Just follow me on this, mm-hmm. and we'll mm-hmm. get into it. I, I like how analogies can help us understand things, and I, I think I got a good one here. The lawsuit playing out right now, and ultimately, barring the unforeseen later this year, when it gets to the Wisconsin State Supreme Court over abortion, is like one of the major themes in Back to the Future 2, or really any time travel movie. Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call is suing in Dane County Circuit Court right now. Abortion has long since been legal in the state of Wisconsin until it suddenly wasn't following the overturning of Roe v. Wade that happened last summer. Wisconsin, following that decision to overturn the 1973 ruling, reverted back to the law that was on the books prior. So this is the 1849 law that we've been talking about. Right. Basically makes abortion illegal, but for when necessary to protect the life of the mother. And folks have, abortion advocates have said that, A, that makes it unclear for doctors. They would, they've sought, how could that be better defined? Also, obviously, they would like expanded access to abortion. Mm-hmm. And that debate continues to play out. AG Call is suing in a case that is expected to go to before the state Supreme Court because whoever loses in Dane County. Will right, appeal. Yes, will appeal. And then that case may go to the appellate court or some, including our own Jeff Wagner. I talked to, to Jeff about this. Uh, he believes that the high court may just step in at that point and say, don't waste your time. We know this is ending up in here. Let's get it over here and won't necessarily wait for ruling from the appellate court. But that's how the case is going to end up there regardless. The lawsuit is not really, and this is an important point, it's not about whether the law should or should not make abortion legal. That's an argument for legislators. The lawsuit isn't even about whether a specific law on the books is constitutional. Uh, We filed suit close to a year ago now, arguing that the 1849 ban is unenforceable in the state of Wisconsin. We've raised a few different legal arguments. And that's Attorney General Josh Call last week. One of the legal arguments of which he speaks questions which laws ought to be governing us right now. Um, we've also argued that 
laws that were passed subsequent to Roe v. Wade fundamentally conflict with the 1849 ban. Both uh, individual laws conflict and that the category of laws that regulate lawful abortion in Wisconsin conflict with that statute. So he's outlining there one of the legal arguments in the suit. He and supporters are arguing that when Roe versus Wade was overturned, we shouldn't have returned back to the day before that initial ruling in 1973. That subsequent laws, and here's the great irony, those laws were passed over the years post Roe v. Wade to limit access to abortion. Call and supporters are arguing that actually it now protects access to abortion. Obviously, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence resulting in this alternate reality. English, Doc. Okay, so remember in Back to the Future 2, the argument comes in, in the movie, old Biff Tannen goes back in the past, gives young Biff Tannen the sports almanac. Mm -hmm. Biff uses that to make himself rich and thus alters the future of Hill Valley where they all live. Marty and Doc go back to what they think is 1985, only it looks nothing it's like... totally different. Right. Biff Tannen's in charge. Yep. Downtown is ruined. All of that stuff. His they go mother back to is the married past. to Biff. Right. It's awful. It's not the past they remember. They've gone back to a new alternate reality. Prior to this point in time, somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. So that's the argument of Josh Call in a nutshell, that the Roe v. Wade ruling created a new timeline in which we all live now, where laws were enacted that codify legal abortion in Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin was at 20 weeks. Okay. And regardless, here and there, a number of other stipulations on that. But abortion was legal in Wisconsin until Roe v. Wade was overturned. Call is saying that's the timeline we're still on because Roe v. Wade forever changed that. It sent us into a different timeline. The defense is saying, no, the Roe versus Wade reversal actually returns us to the original timeline as if that decision had never happened in 1973. And therefore, that's why the 1849 law stands. I hope they've all seen the movie. Back to the future. 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 about 6.42 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up at about 10 to 7, we're going to have Lori Nickel from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel in studio. There you go. So that'll be nice. We're going to talk to her about Giannis, about the future of the Milwaukee Bucks, and also look ahead to Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. So we've got all of that going for you at 10 minutes before 7 o'clock. And then coming up at 7 o'clock, I'm super excited about this. If you've been listening to our show for a long time, you know we focused a lot on the new Milwaukee Public Museum. There's another reveal set to take place today. All right. What do we got? This is going to be the new one of these new permanent galleries, and this one is called Living in a Dynamic World. It's the fourth of the five permanent galleries that will be part of the new museum space in 2026 when it opens just north of Pfizer Forum. And there's a news conference. They've been sort of dribbling these out. Mm -hmm. Every few weeks we get a, another gallery revealed. Yeah. Last time around was the one that's going to have sort of the throwback to the streets, the streets of Old Milwaukee. streets of Old Milwaukee. number of things that people are very concerned about in the new museum. What sort of traditions will be upheld? What sort of things that I've enjoyed will be part of the new space? I can tell you this next announcement has one of those things in it. Something that people have talked about before that they would like to see in the new museum. 
There's a carryover on that that I can tell you, but I can't tell you more until 7 o'clock. Okay. So that's my tease. 7 o'clock will get you more information about living in a dynamic world, the fourth of five permanent galleries to open in the new museum. And then coming up at 7.20, we'll really dive into a lot more of the particulars, and we'll give you an opportunity as well to view sketches of the new space. The news conference is at 9.30, Eric, but I'll have it for you at 7 o'clock right here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind home runs from Willie Adamas and Joey Weimer, the Brewers win their second game in a row after fe- defeating the Los Angeles Dodgers. This one by a final score of 9-3 for win number 20 on the season. Milwaukee is right back at it tonight against L.A. Coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 6.05. Eric Lauer is expected to get the start. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Green Bay Packers are currently amid the changing of the guard at quarterback ahead of 2023. Like most things associated with the Packers, there is always some heated debate amongst the fan base on social media. This one is the notion over a rebuild versus a retool. Semantics, really, over any of them. However, I don't buy the belief that the Packers Packers are rebuilding. Teams that rebuild tear entirely down their roster, and at times, their front office just take a look at what the Chicago Bears did prior to Ryan Poles. The Packers have not done any of that. They've been intact. Same coaching staff, same front office. In fact, they added to their roster, and I get it, a four-time MVP and Super Bowl champion being sent to a new team can be viewed as a sign to many that this team is ready to rebuild and start over, but I just don't buy that's the case in title time. Outside of that trade that sent Rodgers to New York, what other move has Green Bay made this offseason that they wouldn't have made any other offseason? Newsflash, they were never going to pay Alan Lazard over $10 million a year. This team currently, as constructed, can and will compete this season in a significantly weakened NFC. They have a veteran and proven offensive line, two excellent running backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, a few all-pros in Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell, and Keyshawn Nixon, two name a few. A secondary that's considered young, but still veterans that have been proven to be good. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Rasul Douglas, again to name a few. The Packers going younger just means something other than a rebuild. It's a simple transition. You're changing your quarterback and not tearing down the roster. Whether or not this means wins or losses is obviously yet to be determined. But going off of what a rebuild is, what teams have done to rebuild, the Packers are currently doing something other than that. Look, at the end of this, we can debate the rebuild or not in Green Bay. Maybe it's a retool. But do me a favor and ask yourself this. If the Green Bay Packers can win the NFC North this season, do you really think... They are in a rebuild. Six fifty-one on Wisconsin's morning news. So we saw how this worked in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers wanting a voice in the decision making, worried he wasn't consulted on free agents and such, and it raised all kinds of questions over who's driving the bus there in Green Bay. Nobody seems to mind. And it's pretty obvious Giannis Antetokounmpo has that kind of pull in the Milwaukee Bucks organization. And so we bring in two-time sports writer of the year, Lori Nickel, in studio with us today. Great to see you, Lori. Great to see you. Am I right? 
Oh, go ahead. First time I'm seeing you in person, I think, that's, ever. That's pretty that's good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> really, it's really good. It's everything I dreamed of, yes. Hey, so what about my point then? I mean, Giannis definitely has some influence. Uh, you know, if we talk about Coach Bud being let go recently, nobody believes that that happens without, at the very least, Giannis's blessing. You have to think right. he has a say in who they're going to bring in next. Right. So... I don't know, and I'm kind of like, with him, I'm like, yeah, well, he should. You know, he's the right. superstar. But with Aaron Rodgers, I was like, who does he think he is? <laughs> now, why do you think that, though? I don't is know. It because Cause he's here. smug. <laughs> because Giannis I like him now, charming. right? Yeah. And who abuses it. But also, that happened with Brett Favre, too. It's, it yeah. seems to happen when you get older and you see the clock ticking and the window closing that you get a little bit more picky about who you want running your whole career, and and especially in a team sport. Um, but I think uh, I don't think everybody gives Giannis that pass as you do, and a lot of Milwaukeeans do, and Bucks fans because Bucks fans adore him and know him and know the personality. Don't think he would abuse that kind of power. Um, don't, wouldn't call him the next LeBron James to like abuse right, that right. power. But I do think there has to be some checks and balances, certainly within you know that organization. But you got to remember, Giannis and his brothers played basketball with the GM John Horst. I mean, when you have that kind of relationship, the the boundaries, the professional boundaries that keep us keep things safe and easier, those are gone. Those have long been gone now. So Giannis, we all expect that he has some kind of say. Whether he admits how much of a say is a different story. I keep wondering whether or not they'll shock the world. Is there any possibility that a woman could be the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks? Sure. There's definitely a possibility. I mean, we know Becky Hammond was brought in um, as a as a serious candidate. And we know that there are 16 NBA assistant coaches. There have been uh, who are women, never with the Bucks. Um we know that there's eight full-time NBA female officials. We know that there's a handful of women in the front office in the NBA, whether it's president or general manager or some important front office position. I do think that uh, it's possible. You know, it's a great time for me to think of that. I'll tell you, in my era, like the worst sexual harassment case I have of a story of my life is from the Bucks locker room a long time ago. Um, and now I look at the Milwaukee Bucks, and I don't think there's a single guy in that locker room who would have a hard time or any problem at all working with a female head coach. They already work with women in the training staff, nutrition staff, medical staff. Giannis has pointed out many times how much he likes working with Suki Hobson, um, the strength uh, coach who... He says is very detail oriented. So the fact that in my lifetime we've made that kind of progress, I think you could see it. Now, whether or not it happens, I don't know. But I think it's something that could possibly happen, if not this year, maybe sometime in the next five years or ten. Whether it be the NBA, the NFL, sports in general, baseball as well. I mean, what folks sometimes don't know, though, Lori, is that I think anyone could argue that on the X's and O's, any woman coach is equal, if not better than any men, man, uh, male coach, right? But so much more is a part of that, quote-unquote, head coach job. They influence everything. Is there anything outside of the X's and O's fabric that could give someone pause of, like, this 
It hasn't happened yet. And how right, come? Right. Somebody has to take the right. lead. Right. It depends, though. You know, this is still a player league, <laughs> except for somebody like Greg Popovich, who, you know, is like he's has such a strong presence. He's also one of the biggest advocates out there for hiring women. He's had several um, female coaches. I do think Giannis is still the face of this franchise and organization and and. Chris Middleton too. If he's back, he's a big part of that too. I, it, there are other things, but Mike Budenholzer wasn't the first person you thought of when you thought of with the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of his quote worthy, you know, giving you insight to the game. He's not an Eric Spolstra. He's not a Nick Nurse type person. So, uh, it it really and even John Horst is behind the scenes of the GM. So that. Whoever's the head coach doesn't have to be that face or that PR presence if they don't want to be. If they want to stick to X's and O's, they'd be okay. Giannis can handle the charming part. Lori Nichols with us from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Mother's Day coming up this weekend. I hope that's not news to anyone because if it is, then, who? Uh, this weekend? Uh, right. Oh, I guarantee it is to some. It I'm is. Sure. So then what? What should they do? So I really feel like um, you should get the mom in your life, a race entry to a run or a race. And I have three suggestions for you. Um, There's the Girls on the Run, uh, which is May 21st here in Milwaukee. It supports girls who start running from third grade to eighth grade. It's a nonprofit. Another thing that's no pressure is um, Ride to the Arts. Ride for the Arts, that's a bike ride over the Hone Bridge. It's not competitive. It's a family-friendly Fun event. Again, another fundraiser. A lot of accessible distances in that one, too. Like, if you don't want to do the 900-mile ride, you can do the the short ride. Right. They have a family ride. Right. And it's very flexible. Even the starting times are so flexible because moms are busy. And then the third thing I would recommend for those moms out there who are like, I don't want anybody to see me. I'm very nervous. I'm very scared about all this. I want time to train for it. Do the Bastille Days, Storm to the Bastille, yeah, love that 5K. One. It's at night, so nobody will see you jiggling and wiggling if that's <laughs> your concern like it was mine. That was one of my first races. And um, it's so much fun. There's 5,000 people you blend in. All of these are non-pressure things, but these are memories that you're creating for your mom and and the, hopefully the support network around her. So I would take that over like a bouquet of roses any day. And we can use the term run loosely, too. You don't right. have That's, to run mm, anything. You know, I'm the queen of walking. Yeah. So walk, jogging. You can walk it. You can do whatever you <laughs> want. I mean, it's you're moving. There's no pressure. Honestly, it's just something fun. But it might spark a little bit of a competitive interest to say, oh, I did that. Now I want to do something, see how fast I can go. And that's very cool. That's a healthy outlet. That's super good advice. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day to (laughs) you. To your moms, too.